Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Okay, so we're uh, excited today to have uh, on the podcast, uh, the second episode, uh, Trent Wilmon, Nashville recording artist. Uh, I met... Well, I didn't really meet Trent. I reached out to him on social media uh, initially um, regarding a song he wrote called The Rope and Pin. And I wanted to use it for a product that we've got that's for team ropers. And he graciously responded to me. And this was, oh gosh, probably almost a couple years ago. And I hadn't even thought of doing a podcast yet. Uh, and once the podcast came around and it took that two years to develop the product and get it to even get it to market and get it launched. So when I reached back out to him, he was good enough to say, yeah, uh, we can definitely use this song. And, um, uh, so we're using it for the, uh, intro on the podcast and we're just excited to have Trent, uh, on the show tonight and, uh, welcome to, uh, modern cowboy Trent. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me. This is a, this is a pretty cool thing and I'm, I'm glad to do it. Yeah, well, we're we're really excited to have you, and we're, we we so appreciate you, you know, just uh, letting us use your song for it because it, it's just it's so appropriate, I think, uh, uh, you know, for what we're doing and uh, and for 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 the the, the rodeo and team roping world, uh, which is you know a big part of what we're what we're interested in in uh, impacting. So, thanks again for that. Right. Um, you bet. Um, so why don't you go ahead and just uh, you know do a brief intro on on yourself for some of the listeners. Again, we're we're reaching out to other markets too, and, and hopefully reaching people that uh, uh, you know maybe haven't uh, heard of you yet. So uh, give us a little backstory on you, and um, we'll go from there. Okay, my name is Trent Wilman, and uh, I live just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. I've been. Uh, writing songs and and uh, recording for uh, most of my life, and um, I uh, ended up. Uh, I grew up in West Texas, and uh, born and raised. And then I just uh, took the leap of faith and moved out to Nashville a few years ago. And I've been uh, making a living with music ever since. So, um, of course, I'm a I'm a transplant a transplant. Here in Tennessee, which a lot of a lot of folks here are, it seems like there's more people that are from elsewhere, uh, and so it's just a great community of folks um, that are musical. Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of cowboys in this uh, in the music industry anymore. As you know, as, as you can imagine, there at one time there were there were more uh, cowboy folk in the music business it's uh it's sort of a uh i'm I'm one of the rare ones so right well you know it's it's interesting because i remember when i first uh heard about you i I believe it was 2005 um you know and and when i first saw you i thought man this guy not only can sing and and write songs and everything he looks cool and and he also uh, ropes i mean i knew that about you back then I, i can't remember if I'd seen an interview or whatever, and they someone asked you about roping, you know, and and 
you said you had. So I just thought, man, this guy's just like the whole package. Um, and now, when did you when did you realize you uh, were uh, talented in terms of singing and, and writing? Well, I started when I was young. I think you know we. I grew up out in in remote West Texas on a ranch, and there was no uh, television. Uh, we didn't get we didn't have a television. You know, we didn't get uh, you know that sort of thing. We had one radio station that we would pick up uh, out of Childress, Texas, and uh, it was pretty traditional. And uh, and my mom had. A, you know, a great collection of old vinyl, and that's what I grew up on. And I uh, grew up singing, singing in church, and and um, I think when I was about sixteen, we had an old tack house uh, beside the house, and uh, it was made out of cinder blocks. And and so I would kind of hide in there sometimes. It was nice and cool in the summertime, and I found my old my mom's old guitar when I was about fifteen years old or so, and I started plucking around on it and. Uh, and uh, I guess uh, my mom bought me another one when I was about 16 years old. And so I just sort of morphed into this. Um, you know, I didn't really have anybody to teach me anything. So I just started making up songs that, you know, from the three or four chords that I taught myself. <laughs> and, that's, and that's pretty much, uh, I just sort of copied my heroes, you know, which at the time were George Strait and... Uh, George Strait and George Strait, pretty much. Right, right. And you know, I kind of, you know, and, and it sort of grew out from there. But uh, I think you know, Chris will do and George Strait were the first songs that I ever learned how to play and sing. And so I just kind of, uh, by the time I was a freshman in college, I I knew a handful of chords and and I got in a band and it just kind of took off from there. Uh, that's awesome. Do you do you remember what what your first the first song you wrote? I don't remember the name of it, but I wrote one on piano because we had this old piano at the house. In fact, it's still at the ranch house. It's old upright piano that once was a player piano, oh, wow. like from an old saloon or something. Uh, but that's what I, 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 my first song was something I I played on the piano, and then I was probably about sixteen when I. I wrote my first country song, and uh, I don't know. I'm sure it was about a honky-tonk or something. I don't really remember, but, you know, I was just trying to be George Strait or Chris will do at the time. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, do you uh, do you have a, a favorite uh, guitar that you play? I mean, is, is guitar is pretty much your – is that your primary instrument, or you, you play a lot of others? Guitar is – well, guitar is really my only instrument that I'm, I'm any good at all. Um, I've I've played fiddle. Uh, my band once told me that it was. Well, my guitar player, my guitar player told me one time, "Hey, it's me or the fiddle, but one of us has got to go." <laughs> <laughs> but I played upright bass. My first professional gig was on the road playing bluegrass, playing upright bass uh, for a guy named Carl Shiflett. And uh, other than that, I've always just um, played bass. I moved I moved to Nashville to play bass for another artist years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I ended up staying and just writing songs. So mostly guitar, mostly guitar. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting. It's a, it's a small world. I, I got a good friend that I went to college with, and uh, I you know he knows about you know what I'm doing with the 
you know, with the Dally King products and then with the with the podcast. And I told him, you know, about you and see if he knows my cousin. His his cousin is uh, Tommy Carlos. He's oh yeah, absolutely. One of my best friends. I know Tommy very well. Yeah, that's that's so. We funny. Try to, <laughs> we've written some incredible songs together, and uh, in fact, Tommy and I, we had the uh, last two. Uh, number one hits that Montgomery Gentry had. Uh, he had he had a song called Row With Me. It came out right after mine, which was back when I knew it all. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, after that, they, they kind of went independent. And, but, yep, Tommy and I have written many, many great songs, and he's an incredible singer, very gifted songwriter. And uh, one of these days, he's just he's going to have a string of about 10 number ones. I really believe in him. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Small world. Small world, isn't it? Oh, it is. And and you have you've written a lot of songs for other artists. Are you doing a lot of that now too? Still, or I still write quite a bit, but I've I've sort of morphed into this. Uh, I found a little niche uh, as the more traditional producer in town, especially with independent uh, guys and and Texas artists. And, and so I've got. A handful of artists that we've cut records on, and uh, a lot of folks in the cowboy world, like uh, you don't know if you know Chancey Williams, he's big on that rodeo circuit out west. And yep. uh, we just had an album that uh, was nominated for four Grammys on uh, Paul Bogart, and uh, Paul's Paul's album is called Leather. And then, of course, we've we're working on the fourth album for Cody Johnson. Uh, as we speak, we're right in the middle of cutting Cody Johnson's fourth album. So we just kind of built a niche, I guess, in the more traditional side of country music, and uh, especially with the, the more the, the cowboys and the the country folks, you know. Right. Well, you know that that's it, it's interesting too because with uh, that, that's a big shift from traditionally how you know the music industry has worked. And and do you see that with just technology and everything else that we've got nowadays, uh, it uh, makes it easier for you to to do that and produce stuff and, and, and do things along a different vein and, and not have to be involved with, like, the bigger, you know, record companies or whatever. And, I'm, I mean, I don't know that industry at all, but I'm just saying. It sure has really changed uh, the, the game and the game plan and the strategy. You no longer really need the label anymore. Right. In fact, um, I mean – Cody Johnson is is doing more in touring than I'd say 90% of the artists in Nashville that have got five or six number one hits under the belt. Right. And uh, and that's saying a lot for a guy who's never had the support of radio. It's all based around cutting records and going and playing in the live show. So he's he's touring. He's this is his second year headlining the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, which you know be 80,000 some odd people. Uh, it's, it's, um, it, it is fun to watch that grow because we've, you know, we started his deal, started working on this stuff eight or nine years ago. And, and he's gone from playing shows for $50 a night to, you know, headlining the biggest rodeo in the world. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to, to watch that happen and see how, man, it's all about great songs. You got a great artist with great songs and, and he has, if he if he's able to, to deliver with a great live show, I think that's where the 
I think that's where we have a deficit in music because people want something real and we get inundated with, uh, you know, there's, I don't know how many stars every year, quote unquote stars we see between the voice and American Idol and various shows that come and go and we forget who they are, you know, six months later. And I think the people that, that are starting to really make an impact are people who can get out and perform live and build a real audience and, you know, build that thing organically. And with somebody like, like Cody Johnson, it's completely by word of mouth. Yeah. Uh, some social media, but he's, you know, he's, he's a cowboy. He don't, he doesn't right. get on Twitter much. I don't, you know, he it's word of mouth. He plays a great show. And even in, you know, places that he's never been like Florida and California, he'll go play and he'll sell out or he'll go play and he might play for a thousand people the first time. And the second time he goes, it's, you know, 3000. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's, it's about getting out there and building it and, and working hard and uh, choosing a great team around you. It's not about radio anymore. Not that radio is irrelevant. It, I'm not saying that at all. And they are great. You know, they've been, they're wonderful. And I, I'll, I'll never say anything, you know, cause I've, I've made money off of radio hits that I've written. Absolutely. But it has really changed the game I think I think media has just changed, and and with that leaves a deficit for people that are hungry for something real and authentic, and uh, so I well, think that's that's maybe where the future is. Yeah, and I think you you really hit it on the head there. It's it's with all businesses, and and that's one of the reasons that you know I started uh, this podcast and and doing some of the things that I'm doing with uh, these new businesses is. Um, it's it's a whole other platform, and and people want change. Uh, there, there's things like other, and this is going to be off the a cowboy topic right now. But I, this off the top of my head, there's a uh, a protein bar company that was started by some people, you know, in their home, and they got so big and so popular, growing organically, that uh, the big guys, Kellogg's, they're starting to get threatened by by this so they actually just bought that company for 600 million dollars so i think it's this we're seeing that in a lot of different uh industries and businesses that the the game is changing in business and and in consumers and you know you can instead of having to be in you know one platform and getting fed a certain you know uh whatever it may be that you know they're they're serving up that night people can choose what they want to listen to and i, I found that myself with podcasts I, I i didn't know about podcasts even really that much until uh, last year but i've been able to get so much information out of them and hear you know just so many interesting stories and learn so much in a focused uh, environment where and you can listen to it at will so it just sounds like that's the same kind of thing with, uh, you know, the music industry, too. And, and like Cody Johnson, I mean, to, to me, you know, in, in the kind of the circles, you know, that I'm in, Cody Johnson is like uh, a huge, a huge star, you know, where a lot of people may not know him, but a lot of people do know him now, you know, and uh, I think it's you great, bet. You know? Yeah, it really is. And I think you brought, brought up a great point that, you know, as we as the corporate world really kind of gets narrower as to what they're, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the vanillas and the Coca-Colas of the world, you know, that's where they, the big money is. I think, I think people, they really start to hunger for 
for uh, you know the, the voice of their generation. Exactly. And and we have access to that through the internet because we can search and find new artists and which we didn't have the ability to, you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, um, it, you couldn't just surf through the internet and find new music like you can. Yeah. Now you can go through YouTube and and uh, find videos of folks and i think it's a it's a whole new world and i think our challenges as business folks like you and i is just to try to stay up with that and 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 keep up with it and and listen to our audience you know really try to understand you know who who people are i think in 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 the in nashville and in uh, in a lot of i'm not going to put down nashville because it's a wonderful town absolutely yeah great Great, talented, just most talented people in the world, I believe, especially on the writing and musicianship part. Um, there's just so many great, talented people here, and it's not always reflected um, in what you hear on the radio. Right. And I think Nashville, we just sort of we lose touch because we're enslaved to this radio thing that we've created. You know. 70 years ago or whatever when right. you know we started picking radio singles and we created this monster where musically uh an artist is has always been a slave to what if the radio will play him or not right or her right and so we're not and because of that we're the radio really targets mainstream and masses and the vanilla side of life and I think because of that, they've lost touch with the, you know, the. There are still country people out here in the world, believe it or not. And they're, you know, I think I think as we get, I mean, Nashville has always tried to chase what L.A. and New York's done, right? For for the sake of money, right? And as whenever we whenever we chase the dollar, we always lose sight of of the real people, the, the blue collar folks in middle America. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's what, so that's what, you know, independent artists are, are able to do now is they're reaching, you know, they're reaching out and making their own own audience that is not necessarily, you know, what radio will play. Right. Exactly. And then as they start to grow and get bigger, then radio will, will, you know, try to subsume them, you know, or, <laughs> or, or, bring, you, bet. you know, entice them over to their side uh, which, you know, and, and at that point, if there's, you know, if it's beneficial for them, maybe they go, maybe they don't. But it's like you say with sure. with the artists like Cody Johnson and you know, and Aaron Watson and, and another guy that I really like is Josh Ward, you know. Um, the, you bet. The, you know, those, these guys are just, they're amazing artists with amazingly talented musicians. And uh, and it's just, it's, it's just crazy, you know, that, that you don't hear them on the radio. But... It, you know, like like we were just talking about, it's a whole new world now, so we can hear them wherever we want. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So um, now, when did you, when we're going to shift from music and, and, and go to roping. When when did you start roping? Um, <laughs> I didn't start team roping until after college. So I was probably 20, 21 years old or so. Um, I would, I, we never had great horses. We have, I always say my daddy always sold, he bought and sold sale barn trash. You know, I was, I, I grew up going to, to auctions to the sale barn and, and, uh, 
My my dad could make twenty bucks on a horse. He would put me on it for six months and <laughs> turn it around. So I and and so in essence, I never really had any kind of good horses, and uh, I always just had. But I and I and I don't regret that in some instances because it benefits me. I can get on just about anybody's horse, and I can get get along with them, get by, mm-hmm. kind of make a pretty quick judgment. But when it comes to a well-trained horse, sometimes I don't, you know, I'm like, uh-oh, I don't know what, should I be putting my feet here? This this horse knows more than I do. Right. And so I didn't really have great horses growing up. And, and later on, uh, in fact, when I moved up here to Tennessee, uh, there's a lot more money up here than there was in West Texas. And, and they there are a lot of folks that had some really great horses. And uh, in fact, I went to work for a guy named Jeff Averitt, who now lives out in, in Colorado, but. Yeah, big AQHA guy, and I learned a lot about, you know, uh, real horsemanship, and uh, and it, and I started team roping, and and uh, and I spent several years uh, trying not to suck at it, and uh, I still have not achieved that, but it's it's been a lot of fun. So that's been probably twenty years uh, plus since I've been roping, and uh, twenty five years something like that. And 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 do you uh, you roll both ends, or you you primarily like to head or heel, or? Well, I I probably suck equally as well. Actually, that's <laughs> not true. I'm I'm probably a better. I'm a more consistent header, uh-huh. but this I started healing a while back just because I realized that I got a, a more chances to rope if I was a healer, because <laughs> right. there were less less healers, and a lot of times being on the road as a traveling musician, I would. I would show up and borrow a horse, borrow, borrow a saddle, not even bum a rope. Right. And I would, uh, and if you're on the heel end, if you're on a strange horse in a strange saddle using somebody else's rope, you got about two extra seconds to figure this whole deal out before you, right. you know, before you have to launch it. So, it, <laughs> yeah. And, so, and as crazy as that sounds, um, uh, there's a lot of pressure on the head end to, you know, nod and chunk. And I think, uh, I, I switched over to the heel end because, uh, you know, it was just a little less stressful if if I wasn't familiar with my horse. Right. And uh, but I, I I must say that I'm a lot more consistent on the head end. Yeah, and I primarily heel too, and and that's the way I've always looked at it too. Is just, if the header misses, then you know you can look good anyway. You know what I mean? And if and, and <laughs> you know, Amen. And, and and if they don't, then you know, hey, it was the handle or something else, or you know, got dirt in my eye. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. Bye. You can always cuss the header. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. um, what uh, what what kind of ropes do you like? Do you have a certain brand or? Uh, yeah, I have. The, Running P makes great ropes. Uh, Cactus ropes makes great ropes. I, I, over the years, I kind of switch up, and then I'll. Uh, uh, I just something new would come out, and I would try it, and uh, I've I've never really been. Um, you know, stuck to one any one thing. It, uh, I've just always kind of tried different things, and sometimes I'll get mad and I'll I'll go to a stiffer rope, or you know, I'll try one of the faster ropes or whatever. And it, right. it, you know, and it, basically all of them are great ropes if it just comes down to me taking the time to to practice and uh, put in the, the hours. The rope, I mean, I'm not saying a rope won't make that much of a difference. But I put more emphasis on 
me getting off my butt and get out there and, and swing a rope. Exactly. Yeah. And and the thing is, like with ropes, it's it's probably kind of like you know guitar strings and guitars or, or instruments too. You know, it's you 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 get a certain feel that you like. You know, and uh, everybody's you got, everybody's got you know their preference. And there's so many advances being made in ropes now, and new rope companies coming out. And uh, it's just it's just exciting. It's exciting to just see what you know is happening in the team roping world and, and the and the rodeo world and the bull riding world as well. You know, it's uh, it's just exciting right. to you know see it get more exposure and in and and getting. You know more fans all the time, and uh, you know we see a lot of you bet. we see a lot of uh, you know other pro athletes, a lot of guys in football and baseball that you know that that team rope. You know it's just because it's such a, a a fun thing to do, and it's so challenging. And uh, as you well know, you know, and uh, and and the other thing too is the other thing too is you know it, it's I just I truly believe that deep down somewhere in in most people's uh, you know hearts, you know. Just being a cowboy is a is a you know a, something that you know everybody desires at least a little bit you know. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Red Stegall said it best. I mean, it's in every little boy's heart when they're growing up. They want to be a cowboy. Yep. At least if you grew up in the in the in the United States, it's it's our iconic. Uh, it's, it's just what we all want to grow up to to be, and and you know, ladies love cowboys. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely, and and the cowgirls can can rope uh, extremely tough too. <laughs> they're, they're, it's kind of like roping, yeah. having a, having a, roping with a girl. I've always likened it to you know you you taking your girlfriend or your wife or, or somebody shooting, and they always outshoot you, you know, because they're not as nervous or oh, trying yeah. as hard. And it's, it's same in the roping pin; they'll just uh-huh. go out and just freaking stick them, you know, and then you, you bet you got to clean it up. But uh, you bet. Well, that is true. Women don't have the the macho hangups that, that you know guys do the ego, they yeah. go out there and get it done and yeah. <laughs> yeah and they pay attention too it's funny you teach a woman how to rope or shoot and they they don't i mean they listen they pay attention they they don't have this uh you know they don't have that ego thing right i'm gonna do it my way yeah. I mean, they listen they pay attention to the guys that know what to talk about and they learn so much quicker than guys do we got to go through all these Ego hoops before we <laughs> I know how listen. to do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> exactly. But it is embarrassing to get your butt whooped by by a woman. Yeah. Or by a little eleven year old kid, you know. Oh yeah. Man, kids now. Yeah. They're growing up, they're mounted great. They learn, you know, they they go to a school when they're little and they learn the right way the first time. Yeah. They don't have bad habits and they get out there and yeah, that's it's impressive to see how young these these kids are there that are taking your money yeah it's 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 amazing it is amazing well hey we're getting uh close to the end of our time here it's it's a uh, couple more questions here uh what's your favorite western movie of all time oh my let's see uh, i got it's got to be lonesome dove yeah uh and maybe a close second is tombstone yeah and uh, of course, then I love the Cowboys, all those John Wayne movies, uh, <laughs> True Grit. <Yeah. laughs> it's, hard. it's hard to pin them down, but absolutely. And which, and this is an even harder question too for me as well as your favorite cowboy actor. Huh. I guess I have to say John Wayne. Yeah, uh, has to be my favorite. Uh, he's he's hard to beat. 
Now, you know, there've been other, he was so consistent. He always played John Wayne. And I think when I think of, uh, you know, the, the iconic cowboy, he just personifies that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who's your favorite? Oh, you're, you're, I, I can't even hardly pick one. You know, I mean, I, I go to John Wayne because I think John Wayne, the Cowboys is, is probably one of my all time favorite movies. And of course, Cleo Bryan right. Cooper's in that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, yep. um, and I, I just, I, and I love that line in, in your song, the Roman pin, you know, I ain't no Cleo or speed. Uh, but yeah, right. I'd say, uh, I'd say John Wayne, but you know, then I, then I got to go to, uh, Robert Duvall and, you know, and then Clint yeah. Eastwood and, and, uh, and then Val Kilmer in, in Tombstone was just unbelievable. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That might be the best character acting of the, the best character act of all time is, is I, I, Val I, Kilmer in Tombstone. I agree. I agree. That's that's hard to beat. Yeah. That, that was amazing. Um, you know, then some of my older favorite guys though are, uh, Ben Johnson and uh, Slim Pickens, and I, I actually, oh yeah, I actually had the opportunity to meet Slim Pickens at one time. He had a ranch up by Placerville, and he had a Western store called uh, Slim Pickens Western Store. And he pulled in there in a, a Chevy four wheel drive with a camper shell and a not six in a in a gun rack. This was back in I think 1978, and just came was coming into his store because he'd been up there by his ranch, and I happened to be in there at that time and. Um, I ran home and grabbed a, a book I had, old Western movie book, and he signed it. But uh, I love a lot of those old oh, guys wow. that like that too. You know, they were just, uh, you know, they, and they were, they were real cowboys that got started in in the uh, you know movie business. From you know, they came out to either wrangle or shoe horses or whatever, and ended up being right. great great actors. You know, but uh, yeah, Ben Johnson was when he a world champion calf roper like know, in the fifties. Yeah, yeah, he was a steer yeah steer roper and in. Matter of fact, a good friend of mine, um, Cody Cowden, who's a PRCA cowboy, and his uh, uh, his cousin Scotty Cowden, he he actually has a picture, an old picture that they got out of a, a place over there of, of Ben Johnson. It's and it was I don't remember if it was at Oakdale or where, but it's a, it was a real cool, a big old picture of him uh, roping some steers in. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. It's a real deal. No that's doubt. right. I forgot he was steer roping. He has that that. He has the Ben Johnson steer open up in Oklahoma. Oh, okay. They do every year. It's a pretty neat deal. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, pretty special guy. I never got to meet him, but I heard so many great stories, and all the actors that I've ever met who ever got to work with Ben said he was about the – he was just the real deal. Sam Elliott's another guy that I oh, always hear. Yes. He's yeah. just a great, great guy. Yeah. You, you know, I'd like to meet him sometime. Yeah, you know who else uh, who, who I really love too was uh, Richard Farnsworth. Oh yeah, you absolutely. Know, Golly, he, he was in Tom Horn, and then he was in The Gray Fox, and it's it's interesting. In the right. back in the uh, I don't know, it was mid two thousands. I uh, uh, I was involved with with uh, I taught hunter education and did some firearms training, and I, I met this guy that did uh, movies, and he was doing these uh, wildlife shows and stuff, and he happened to know uh, Diamond Farnsworth, who's uh, Richard Farnsworth's son, and he's he's the um, Oh, uh, stuntman for the um, Mark Harmon in the CSI uh, series, those things. So, but they had they had a guy, and I I'd, I was raising some money at, at the time for a few different things, some venture capital stuff, and and he knew about it, and so they had actually uh, a, a director down there. Uh, I 
Ken, Jim Benke had re- wrote a script for a bull riding movie, and they actually sent it to me, and I actually talked to uh, to Diamond a little bit, and and anyway, I I you know I was never able to put anything together for that, but it was just kind of interesting, you know, and 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 then Diamond sent me some pictures, autographed pictures of it that his dad had done, and he actually sent one that was his dad and Ben Johnson, so it was really kind of cool. Wow, cool. Yeah, but um, that is cool. Anyway, hey, so how about how, sure how, how about uh, um, you have a favorite hat brand or boot brand or? I've always uh, worn resist all hats, uh, even when I. And and now you know I've got a person out there, that resist all that sends me a hat every now and then, and and they're but they've always been great, consistent, at least affordable too. You know, I know there's great hatters out there, but not many of us can afford to. You know, pay five or six hundred dollars to 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 buy something that we're just going to wear out in the rain and the mud. Right. <laughs> and so, I, I've always been a big fan of of Resist All and and uh, you know, and besides that, George Strait wore one when I was a kid. You know, that was the oh yeah, was the advertisement. Yeah, and I've always been a Wrangler guy. I'm, you know, and that's probably just because of the heroes I I grew up with. You know, always wore Wranglers, and so pretty much that's that's my uh, go to. In fact. You know, when I got my record deal, I, I, I owned two kinds of shirts. I had those old blue denim welding shirts, right. Wrangler welding shirts, you know, with the snaps. Yeah. And I owned white T-shirts, and that was it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I pretty really haven't really changed all that much. Now I've got some plaid ones, but that's that's about it. Well, Trent, I, I can't uh, I can't thank you enough for for you know coming on and and, and talking to us, and and again for you know, use of your song and, and, uh, look forward to seeing, you know, what you got coming up down the road and, and how can, how can people like, uh, you know, follow you or, or, or find out, you know, what's going on with you. Uh, do you have a website you want to share or anything or. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not real active on so- social media at all. I'll, I'll post a few, you know, a record or something that comes out, but I've just, the older I get, the more I, I like my privacy, and so I've kind of uh, I've kind of gotten away from the social media thing. But if you go to TrentWilman.com, I'll post if I've got a show coming up, uh, or just my Facebook page. Uh, I, I'll post you know whatever shows I've got coming up, and and uh, that's pretty much all I do. I don't um, I don't really get on social media a whole lot, and. Uh, I think I'm just old school. <laughs> I'm old school like that. And I'm I'm not knocking the folks that do it because I think it's an incredible tool. Absolutely. But me, I just <laughs> I like hanging out here at the house when I get home. So I love it. I love it. Well, hey Trent, thanks again. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to uh, you know chatting with you again in the future. And uh, we've got some other things that uh, we're going to be we're going to be doing. I'm going to send you out uh, one of those Dalekin units too, and get you to try that out and see how that goes so well man then i'm really excited about that tool and i'll tell you one thing about the thing that got me excited about about your product about the belly king thing is you know most of us are uh, uh they don't get to get horseback every day uh, that are just part-time ropers um there's no better tool than getting out there and roping a dummy and practicing before you get horseback and just kind of stay in shape that way and uh, I'll tell you a quick story. I was actually roping with Cody Johnson a couple of years ago, and 
we uh about a year and a half ago and and uh i was healing for him and he uh, we were entered up and and he he was on a new horse he didn't know and he um he uh anyway he he roped him clean and missed his dally and almost lost his finger oh. and that so a, a tool like you know the dally king where he can sit up on you know he can set up his deal set up a saddle if he's got a show he can set it up behind the bus he can practice rope the dummy practice using the dally king and then when he does get that chance you know two months down the road when he finally gets some time off to go rope he's you know, it's he's got that skill, and he doesn't lose uh, a finger that his his uh, his career depends on. You know, playing guitar or whatever. So, absolutely, a, I just think that that's a it's something that I haven't seen, uh, and I think it's a great tool for us guys that don't get to get horseback all the time. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, absolutely. That's and that's that's what you know. And again, I didn't invent it. Uh, um, you know, another guy invented it in Texas. But I refined it and uh, you know refabricated it and stuff and and that was one of the things that intrigued me about it so much was because you know it, it practicing dallying is hard. Number one, if you're not getting horseback that much, uh, that's one thing. But then when you when you are, then you got to catch, you know, and and, it's, and that's a whole different you story bet. there. So um, I agree with you 100. Yeah. percent And uh, uh, well, we'll be sending yeah. one out here in the next couple of weeks and uh, and uh, you let me know how it works out for you. Absolutely. I will. I appreciate it, man. I'm looking forward to it. All righty, Trent. Well, hey, thanks again, huh? And, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Be safe. Okay. Take care. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and Got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the roping pen. Yeah. 
Next weekend, down at the road. 